welcome to the long-awaited launch of Season 4 of The Modern Extractor. This podcast focuses on the processes, equipment, and science found inside a cannabis extraction laboratory. I'm your host, Jason Showered, and I work professionally in the cannabis extraction field. Season 3 wrapped up a couple months back, and since then, I've been running around to trade shows and conferences, recording remotely, and hunting down some great guests to bring you this season. Since last season wrapped, there have been a bunch of big Mod X milestones. I had my first ever convention booth at the Extraction Expo, I got asked to moderate a panel on solvent-based versus solventless extraction, and I got press passes to cover MJ BizCon. Listeners have also tuned in from a whopping 65 countries. The show and the brand have certainly been picking up some steam, and I owe that to all of you out there for continuing to tune in. So, a very sincere thank you from me to everyone who's listening. If you're liking what I've got going on here, please do write me a review on Apple or Google Podcasts. It'll help the cause and keep these great guests coming. As promised, I have an amazing lineup of guests for you this season. We're going to kick it off today with a man who created some truly disruptive technology for both the extraction and distillation sides of the business. His company created a family of devices that are capable of keeping extractors informed about exactly what they're extracting or they're distilling. The most important thing we can have when making decisions about our processes is data. And with Aerometrics, Extraction Finder, and Fraction Finder devices, we can get that data in real time. Without any further ado, Tim Collins, co-founder and CEO of Aerometrics. Welcome to the Modern Extractor. Great to be here, Jason. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Very excited to have you on the show today. Uh, where are we talking to you from? I'm uh, calling from uh, cloudy New Jersey today. We're, um, we're about uh, one hour southwest of New York City. Yeah, you guys have been getting some storms out there lately. Yeah, a couple of hurricanes. It's been it's been pretty nuts, but uh, so far so far we're all we're all good here. Well, that's good to hear. I'm talking to you from my home studio here in Los Angeles, where it is very hot. So uh, let's let's get into your story. Uh, walk us through what your path was like into the cannabis industry, and then eventually co-founding Aerometrics. Sure. Yeah. So fun story for us. So um, I was um, running a, a design and manufacturing firm, and uh, that's focusing on vacuum technology. And I was getting questions from folks about cannabis and, and, uh, and a lot of times, and this was back in a 2016, 2017, I guess people were not really telling me, or I guess they didn't want to share exactly what they were doing. So eventually, um, I became familiar with the, the kinds of uh, processes they were doing and started developing products. Um, around cannabis uh, and around vacuum control and things. So uh, I, I had just come out to California and I was working with my customer, um, Summit Research, and we were looking at uh, what other things that we could do together because this one product just went really, really well. And he said, you know, this short path thing is kind of difficult to use sometimes. It's difficult to know exactly when you're supposed to change that flask. And Jason, you, you've done a ton of short path. and and um, and uh, he said, you know, but the funny thing is, is, if I shine a black light on there, I actually see something green in there. Is something there? And um, and and so that's pretty much the spark that eventually grew in Darametrics. And and what we found was is that no one had really done much research uh, when it comes to spectroscopy and cannabinoids. You know, since roughly the seventies, and. 
And uh, so we, we, we did a bunch of uh, research and, and found that, in fact, you know, cannabinoids, they, they did have some really interesting uh, uh, spectroscopic qualities and that we could probably help people with this whole making, making short path a little bit easier to use. And that's pretty much how Aerometrics is born. Nice, nice. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that you were getting the phone calls and nobody wanted to to tell you what they were doing. I've heard that from so many of the folks that I've interviewed on this show that have been in the game for a long time, and it's just like, come on, people, tell the manufacturers what you want. They're, they're, they're not trying to they're not trying to call anybody, but their suppliers to get some new stuff made that'll help you out. Yeah, yeah, and you know, and 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 I get it, especially. I mean, probably much earlier too. You know, the. People don't want to. They just want to get their stuff done. They don't want to be under a microscope, and they don't want people to, 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 to judge or do whatever they're going to do. But I'll tell you, you know, one thing that I've really enjoyed uh, in being engaged with this industry it's, it's about the medicine, and it's about it's about the um, you know the patients and giving people the kinds of things that they need. And that and that honestly, Jason, for me, has been a real driver in 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 really you know, some of the technology and, and the research that I do and just really enjoying being a part of this community. That's fantastic. I like it when people take that approach. Uh, that's where it all started after all. Um, so give us a bird's eye view of what Aerometrics is as a company. You know, tell us, what do you guys do over there? Yeah, so um, Aerometrics, we basically um, develop product and do research uh, and support our customers. So from like a, a revenue perspective, we're a product company. You know, we sell these this uh, fraction finder, the extraction finder. We sell ultra sensitive sensors, and we um, and we uh, we market and sell these products. And the thing that we're always looking for is how do we make people's lives easier? How do we give people eyes that they don't normally have in order to see their process? So a lot of the work that we do is this um, customer interaction. It's trying to figure out the 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 the, the process problems people are having that's due to lack of information and try to fill those gaps. So that's, that's pretty much what we do on a daily basis. Okay. So you mentioned in that, that you've got both the extraction finder and the fraction finder, this being an audio only show, uh, set the scene for us a little bit here. What do these devices look like and where would you find them on your extraction or your distillation equipment? Sure. So the fraction finder is what we started with. It's uh, it was um, the whole purpose of that product was to uh, to make um, short path easier. And um, where it would physically be mounted is uh, on your condenser, just after the water jacket. And so imagine if you're uh, running a short path system and you've got your uh, boiling flask, and then the vapor goes to the condenser, condenses, and then eventually um, drains down to your collection flask. We're right before the collection flask. And we're a sensor that basically fits around size 29 and 34 glass, which is pretty common thicknesses of the of the short path setup um, near that area. And imagine putting your finger around that glass, and uh, and your and right about where your thumb is, we have this spectroscopic detector. We have a full wavelength spectrometer, actually, where we're actually looking at what's flowing past. So that's that's physically where it gets set up. Does that make sense? It does, yeah, but it also uh, kind of perked my ears up for a question here. So if you've got this thing uh, surrounding this connection, and yep. you've got a sensor on one side, and and is the light on the other side shining through the material and then hitting the sensor, or is it bouncing back? How does that all work? 
And that's a that's a great question. So so the sensor is in the bottom, and the reason the sensor is in the bottom is because the fluid always kind of tends towards the bottom, and then the the light, um, the excitation uh, wavelength is actually coming in from the side, and that's that's sort of an uh, a fluoroscopic pattern where you don't have um, light coming in on one side and then a, de- a detector 180 degrees. That would be like a, a a typical spectrometer setup. But in fluorometry, we don't really care. Um, and, and don't look at really the reflected light, but rather the fluoresced light, because we're actually honing in on specific molecules. And we want to see what those specific molecules, what, what their spectroscopic signature is, what, what wavelengths they fluoresce. So we're actually at 90 degrees. So if you were to look at one of these sensors that go on a short path, um, on uh, the, big, the big part of the sensor, on the one side of it, you'd see a little hole, and that's where the spectrometer is in, uh, in 90 degrees away from that, you'd see another hole, and that's actually where the light source is. Isn't that neat? That is very cool. Uh, yeah, my next question here was how it actually works. I think you've covered some of that so far, but let's get into the, the, the nuts and bolts of it all. So you, you've, my understanding is that the light hits the material that you're distilling, it fluoresces certain molecules, and then that's being recorded by your uh by your sensor but what is it how is it that that works what does it work for uh talk to me about how what's going on inside of this magic box yeah so so the uh the box really is composed of two things it's that that optical uh, sensor that we talked about that has a light source and has that full wavelength spectrometer in there but it's also um, a display that really it has a whole bunch of really smart software that interprets all of those signals that come back and give you a display where you can actually see uh, wavelengths and peaks of wavelengths. So the nature of this fluorescence technology is when you, when, and we've done, and the, the cool thing about this is we've um, done this, uh, this, this fluorescence research and we know, um, and we have this peer reviewed paper that says that, you know, cannabinoids uh, do indeed fluoresce and when excited with this wavelength, uh, they actually fluoresce at this wavelength. So what we can tell you is that um, we can see this thing called fool's gold. We can see this thing called CBD. We can see this thing called Delta-9. We can see this collection of molecules called lipids, and we can see these, uh, these molecules called chlorophyll. And, we, and the reason that we can see them is that they actually fluoresce at specific wavelengths. <clears throat> so why that's interesting is we can not only tell you that indeed you know, they're there, but also we can tell you what the relative potency is of them like we can tell you if you know that cannabinoid content in that flow is increasing or if it's decreasing and so that kind of opens up the whole solution set that makes aerometrics possible you know so for in short path you really want to know when to change that flask you know when when the d9 is coming or when the cbd is coming right and you also want to know when that concentration is decreasing so you know to change that flask one more time and you know catch the tails and maybe reprocess them another time, but you want the really good stuff. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. In uh, another form of testing, which is lab testing, you've got these chromatograms, which is not exactly the same thing. But the reason I bring that up is because as we learn more and more about all of these different cannabinoids and semi-synthetics that are coming out in the chromatograms, you're finding a lot of overlap uh, and not separation between the peaks where, you know, we thought something was all D9, but then as we 
improve our techniques and methods to get in and zoom in a little closer, we're seeing more separation between the D9 and the D8. I'm wondering if that same theory applies here, where you've got all of these different things that you're identifying. Is there a possibility of overlap and, and misreading, or is it pretty well separated where you've got some, some really great uh, separation and, and results? Yeah, so the answer is it depends, like all you know, sad truths in science, I guess. <laughs> but of course, for, for example, um, you know, uh, CBD and, and THC, if you look at their wavelengths, um, you know, where they excite they're in our product, they're remarkably similar. They're somewhere between, you know, 450 and 500. Um, so to differentiate, for example, um, CBD and, uh, and Delta 9 is not something that the fraction finder and it's, you know, in its current form really does well, which is, sounds very similar to the chromatograms um, that you're referring mm -hmm. to. Other things are really easy um, to differentiate. For example, uh, when you're talking about um, uh, lipids and D9. So we can tell the difference between those two things, which is pretty useful. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and chlorophyll, for example. So the, the, that other thing that oftentimes you don't want in uh, your end product, you know, we can, we can tell you when that's flowing um, as well. So, so with fluorescence, some things are really distinct and different, and some things uh, lay over one another. And some molecules fluoresce, and we're lucky that you know cannabinoids in generally do. And some molecules tend not to fluoresce. And for instance, most terpenes uh, don't fluoresce. Um, solvents and ethanol, like ethanol and you know propane and, and butane and stuff, that doesn't fluoresce. So in this, you know, in the extraction finder case, for example, that helps us. But in other cases, you know, it may not. Yeah, I think it's important right now to mention the difference between the fraction finder, which we've already discussed uh, on the short path, and the extraction finder, which is used during your extraction process, correct? Yes. So tell us a little bit about that one. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So uh, there was this, um, this distillation uh, product, which, which people really liked. And, uh, and then we um, started getting into creating uh, sensors for chromatography. And those worked uh, pretty well, especially for people that are trying to figure out, you know, when, when stuff is actually coming through and when they're getting stuff through that they no longer want to get through. And then we went into um, the ethanol extraction. That's when I think it kind of got interesting. Um, so it's the same concept, Jason, where, where you've got this notion of fluorescence and you've got this excitation wavelength and stuff. Um, but the difference is, is we needed a little bit more sensitivity. So we came out with an ultra-sensitive sensor. So that really helped with chromatography and then also um, with our early ethanol work. And then the other thing we need to do um, when we're dealing with ethanol is a lot of people use cryo with ethanol. And mm -hmm. you know the problem with cryo when you're doing optical stuff? <laughs> yeah, you're going to get all kinds of frozen stuff on the outside of your glass. You know, and don't you know, light doesn't go through uh, that frozen frosty stuff so well. So, <laughs> yeah. so then we had to redesign this sensor um, and put it in a nitrogen bath so that water vapor didn't actually condense in the glass. So that was like the next iteration. And then the iteration where we're at now, which is pretty exciting, is making uh, this device robust enough and, and uh, safe enough where it can actually go on uh, hydrocarbon extractors. We, uh, I don't know if you've heard, but we recently got our C1, uh, D1 certification from uh, PSI for our extraction. I saw that binder, announcement. Which, yeah, for us, that's, that's, um, that's, that's groundbreaking for two reasons. One, it was um, certainly uh, 
an experience and a lesson and allowed us to really, you know, refine the tech um, for this extraction finder product. Uh, but also it allowed more people to use um, this technology much safer in an extraction lab. And, and the cool thing about extraction is where it was pretty useful in distillation, it's crazy useful when it comes to extraction. Yeah, absolutely. I can see that being uh, being great. Uh, before we move on, I wanted to ask, do you use the fraction finder on larger systems such as wiped films and things like this? Oh, yep. Yep. Right after uh, short film, uh, we uh, did work with um, Cascade and a few others on uh, on their wipe film systems where you've got, um, you know, the two paths that come down, you've got the, uh, let's say the, the heavies and the lights, and you want to know what's actually coming through. Uh, so we've done a lot of testing with that and it works really well. We actually created an adapter that allows the fraction finder to adapt. So when you're filling up those jars, you can actually see um, the, the relative concentration of cannabinoids as you're filling up those jars. So, you know, if um, it's something that maybe you want to continue running or if the flow um, is, uh, is doing what you'd expect it to do. Wow, that is fantastic. That's uh, more data points equals uh, more efficiency in my mind. So that's, that's, yep. that's a great thing. Yeah. Um, so now we've got metrics on lipids, on chlorophyll, on cannabinoids. And I know you mentioned a couple others, but we've got these metrics. Give us some examples of how we would take that and apply it to our process in order to improve it. I'm going to start with a funny one. Well, I, I think it's funny. I'm not sure if you'll find it funny. We'll see. So one thing that the extraction finder is and what the fraction finder is, is a very good oddity detector. So if you're using one of these devices every day on your process, you'll notice trends. You'll notice uh, you know, where, where uh, we have got these wavelength trackers, which make it fairly straightforward to see um, the, the, the relative concentration of these cannabinoids as you go through your process. And you'll expect certain things. And what'll happen if you say get a bad batch of raw material, you'll find that things will be messed up. The the the, the cannabinoid uh, profile will not follow the trends that you expect. And that's your first indication that hey, you might want to stop and see what's going on. For example, in some of uh, the early work when we um, had one of our customers uh, from Mac from Timeless. He was using the fraction finder extensively for training. It's really good for training because, you know, people that know this really well know that when you're trying to articulate, you know, subtleties in a process, it's really hard to articulate. But if you could actually point to something that changes like a number or a graph or something like that, as the process runs, sometimes it can kind of facilitate that training. And as he was going through this, he was looking at the, um, the fraction finder and he said, hey, something doesn't seem right here. Something's something's off. This is not how it's supposed to do. Uh, and and he stopped the process and it found out he got a bunch of just nasty material. And I don't recall what the nature of nastiness was or why it wasn't compliant, but he ended up, you know, putting that aside and then running good stuff. So the first funny thing is it's sort of a very good oddity detector. Okay. Yeah. So the extraction finder comes with a display. Is that part of the package where you have the the piece that you are now attaching to your machine in line, and then it's wired to a display so that you can track all of this information in real time? Yep, that's exactly how it works. So you can track it in real time. 
And that's how a lot of people use it. The other thing it does is uh, it gives you the ability to collect data. And, you know, sometimes when you're running a process, you're doing like a thousand things and you might not be staring at the fraction of display the whole time. So it allows you to go and capture that data for later review. And we've got another application affectionately called the DAB app, the uh, data analysis breakdown app <laughs> that allows you to take this data and just as if you were looking at a live fraction finder, allows you to kind of scroll through this data and see what happened in that run. Now, is the the x-axis of this spread out across a timeline? Yep, yep. So there's two ways to look at this fraction finder data. Uh, the, the first one is in the frequency domain, and that's like an instantaneous snapshot of what's going on right now. And so on the vertical axis, you have intensity, and on the horizontal axis, you've got wavelengths. So you can see the intensity of each wavelength. And in our case, those wavelengths correspond to molecules. The other view that we have currently is the wavelength tracker. So say if you know that you really care about lipids, so you focus in that 550 to 620 nanometer range, and you can actually track the intensity of that wavelength over time. And you can see that intensity of the, at that wavelength range over time, which is indicative of, you know, how much, uh, what the relative concentration is of that particular thing, in this case, lipids over time. That is really interesting. That's great. Uh, it sounds like an incredibly useful tool. Yeah. In your software, do I have the ability to take a snapshot of my graph over time uh, on two separate runs and, and overlay them to see differences? Or is that something where I could just get the snapshots and then figure out how to do it on my own? Yeah, so in this DAB app, it would be the context of the DAB app. Yeah, so what you could do is you could load up multiple runs and compare them. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's that's the real value. You know, before, Jason, I uh, you asked, hey, what can this be used for? And I, I went with this oddity detector first because I thought it was funny. But there's some other stuff that I wanted to share with you that people will do with it, if that's okay. Great, yeah. Yeah, so one thing, um, this is, again, uh, Mac at Timeless. Uh, he was using the extraction finder to figure out what's going on with uh, his ethanol. And his uh, his ethanol extraction was going just fine. But what he found was that by the data that was provided by the extraction finder, he ended up cutting the time that he uses to uh, extract cannabis uh, using ethanol. He actually cut that time in half. And the way he was able to do that is, is he was looking at the curves for how cannabinoids were actually going down in concentration and chlorophyll was going up in concentration. Mm -hmm. And they basically took the intersection point of those two things and said, ah, this is where I should stop. So it was literally able to, to, to cut the amount of time he actually spends in extracting. So that I thought was pretty sweet. Yeah, that's huge, man. I mean, the when I got started in ethanol extraction, we basically took everything that, that was quote unquote common knowledge, a lot of which was holdover from hydrocarbon extraction uh, or CO2 threw that out the window and then just experimented and took data points at all these different places and had a huge notebook full of them, sent them all out for lab testing over months of waiting for tests to get back and all this. Like, I mean, it, I don't even know, tens of thousands of dollars probably in testing. Yeah. And uh, and then having to interpolate all that data and, and try to figure out how it all fits together versus just being able to look at a, at a real-time uh, printout and make the best decision. It's a, uh, the, the business has come a long way in the last few years. Yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, what we find is that that's the thing that the extraction finder can really help with is your time. You know, 
it's really difficult to look in the stainless steel stuff and see what's going on. I see folks doing it with um, with flashlights and 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 uh, and um, and glass, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. and looking glasses and things. But um, it's but it's it's really hard to over time figure out by looking at the color of the liquid what's going on because we know the color of the liquid you know, yellower doesn't necessarily mean more cannabis. I mean, it does in some ways, but it could also be an impurity. There's a few things that it could be where fluorescence, you know, we know what we're looking at. You know, we, we, we know that if you see something here, you're looking at a cannabinoid, you know, so we can really, it allows you to make those real time decisions and save the, I don't know, if it's three days or two weeks to get the, uh, the lab results back and figure out and how to correlate that with, uh, with what you actually saw, which is, I mean, how do you even do that? That's 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 a, a really difficult documentation problem to, or is it is it a, a difficult documentation problem to take lab uh, results and then correlate <laughs> that with what actually happened? I mean, it was it was I was about to say it wasn't a fun process, but it kind of was a fun <laughs> process because we, we were we were on the cutting edge of what was going on, so it was exciting to be there. But at the same time, it was a very tedious process, and it sucked up a lot of hours and a lot of back and forth and arguments and all kinds of good stuff about what it actually meant. So, I mean, I'll, I'll always look fondly on those days, but at the same time, man, having a tool that could just do it like that is, that is huge. That's, that's a groundbreaker. Yeah. It's, um, it's neat. And I'll tell you when I'm um, at these sites and I'm, and I'm working with folks and I see folks eyes light up about, Whoa, what just happened? You know, one of the first tests we did on the extraction finder with, uh, with hydrocarbon is a propane butane mix. And, uh, the first thing that we did is uh, is um, they, they did a they did a wash, you know. So there's no bags in there or anything like that. They're just you know making sure that they're that all of their vessels are clean, right? So uh, I saw I'm like, well, should I should I run it? They're like, yeah, go ahead and run it. And then I saw a little a blip of chlorophyll. I'm like, oh yeah, I guess you got some chlorophyll coming through. And they're like, what? <laughs> what that was supposed to be clean? <laughs> no, just a oh, little bit. Man. I think it's good. I think it's gone now. And you're like, whoa, you know. So that it was, it was sort of fun to see, you know. You're gonna have the guys on the night shift real scared here with this, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. Now, one one thing that um, you know, on that on this chlorophyll thing, it's kind of interesting. We were working with uh, Daniel over Canemo, and what he was doing is he was actually looking at what the chlorophyll looked like, what that relative concentration was, what looked like in during the process. And what he would do is when he saw too much chlorophyll, he would literally divert the flow to the CRC column, okay. like right, right there. So that's, that's where, you know, the extraction finders actually helping you make in process decisions, which is, you know, that, that, that's our whole nation. Our whole notion is it's, it's, it's a real time telemetry, you know, so you can make those, those decisions. Yeah, that's huge, man. Like I said, it looks, it sounds to me like it's super useful and I would definitely put it on one of my machines. Um, what have been your biggest hurdles in getting people to adopt this technology and include your products in their process? Yeah, it's a good question. So I think um, one of the biggest hurdles is, um, is, is quite frankly, marketing. It's a, it's a business problem. You know, we're a small startup uh, and, and uh it's amazing. So I'll, I'll go to I'll go to shows, and there's there's a few people that know me for sure. But but I'm shocked at the number of people that have no idea that this even exists. What you can do that? When did that happen? <laughs> well, we've been doing it since like 2017. What? <laughs> so I think, quite frankly, marketing is the biggest, and, and that I think 
After that, it would uh, be followed by time. So any lab that I've been to, there's a ton of projects and a ton of pressure that's there that people are just trying to balance ev- everything they need to do. And a lot of the labs I work with, they're you know pretty creative uh, craftspeople too, and they want to make the best possible product as well. So finding time to figure out what works, what doesn't, and even contemplate really neat technology like Aerometrics has is just, it's, it's, uh, it's not easy. You know, it's not easy to balance all those things, even if they're good, you know? Yeah, absolutely. As far as that marketing thing goes, I mean, it's really easy to be in your, in your echo chamber, so to speak, where it's like, you know, I I think everybody's got to know this because everybody that I'm following on Instagram and there's posts about it on future 4200 and some of the podcasts that are out there. And it's just like, okay, cool. Everybody knows about this. And then, and then you just get completely shocked that there's another huge part of the uh, of the industry that that's just not in the uh, the quote unquote echo chamber so it's a it's an interesting problem to solve there yeah and jason not for nothing but i didn't know you a month ago and <laughs> exactly. and and then and then i'm like oh jason yeah you want to do a podcast cool let me check you out and i started listening to your to your podcast and i'm like whoa whoa this stuff is awesome i i was listening to one just the other night about about um how the how uh decarboxylation happens at different temperatures for CBD and THC. Now I would think I should know that, but it like, like, like your, your stuff is really, really interesting. And I, and, and, and I'm a, I'm the kind of guy that consumes that and would love it. And the fact that I didn't, I wasn't aware of the, the, the quality of, of what you do, you know, I think is a great example of, you know, this kind of thing. Well, thank you. I'm uh, I'm flattered. I, I'm blushing. Over. Oh, good, 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 good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're, 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 you're my, you're my favorite one on Spotify now. All right. I appreciate it, man. (laughs) So what are we looking at? If we wanted to get one of these, uh, extraction finders and also for the fraction finder, what are we looking at as far as a price tag? If we want to strap one of these on our system. Yeah. So, um, for, for, uh, the extraction finder, uh, you're going to look about, uh, nine grand, uh, that comes with, Everything you need. That's the C1D1 um, version. That's uh, that's a display on 30 feet of wire, so you can keep that display in uh, the safe location. Um, and that uh, has 1.5 inch sanitary flanges. So literally, you purchase one of these things and hook it in line between, you know, after your material column and before something else, and you're literally off to the races. So the installation for this for any guy that is used to you know changing a hose and extraction uh, system is is uh, the installation is fairly straightforward. Now, going to uh, uh, a chromatography setup, you might be looking at more like five grand. That's our ultra sensitive that would actually uh, connect on some glass that's uh, that's uh, out there, typically size thirty four uh, OT. And then, the lastly, the distillation. That's that's our least expensive offer, and that's about four grand. Okay, great. Well, while you're answering that, I uh, I came up with a great question for you in regard to uh, to this display. One is where might you mount the display, and two is there a way that I can be at home or on vacation as a lab manager and somehow log on and see what's going on? Yeah, great question. So, um, in uh, in the short path case, uh, typically it's got a bracket on it for a lattice system. Uh, so either a horizontal or vertical bar. So there's a lab stand clamp on there. So that's how you do it for uh, both um, distillation and chromatography. For the extraction uh, systems, uh, you would mount uh, the display uh, uh, outside of the C1D1 
area outside of the C1, D2 area. It comes with 30-foot cables, so that's pretty easy to do. So typically, people will actually um, uh, mount these uh, on a wall or uh, or set it uh, on a on a tabletop. Typically, they'll they'll mount it to a wall. We what we do in the lab sometimes is uh, they make these really cool magnetic bars, and so these magnetic bars are quite strong, and the display is quite light. It's you know. It's uh you know not not a pound. It's much. It's a seven inch display. It's uh it's it's very light. So so for something metallic, that's that's what people typically do. What I find too is people might want to see this in different areas. You know, mm-hmm. so so they'll uh, they'll start with one area of where they want to see it, and then they'll kind of move to another area. So uh, I, I see that too. So to start, I I like the whole magnetic idea because it allows you to sort of move that around to to put that in a place where it's it's best for you okay great and then as far as being able to log on to it from from abroad or from elsewhere is that something that's in the mix right now yeah so that's something that's planned that's not something we have right now so the only thing we can do from a real-time perspective is uh is is just the display itself what you could do is someone could do a run and then they can send that data uh to someone that might be you know over the internet somewhere, and then they could look at that last run via the DAB app and say, oh, next time do this and this and this. So that's not real time, but that's like a mm-hmm. five minute difference kind of thing. So you could do that. Um, there's all always the, uh, you know, the, the cute little thing of, you know, putting a camera on there <laughs> and being there able you to go, you kind of like looking at your front door. That's, that's, I know that's low tech and stuff, but yeah, that's something that's definitely in the roadmap. Um, that's, you know, that's, that, that's part of the future for sure is being able to have this information, this data in real time. So more people can actually look at it, comment on it, and make our, make our processes better. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, with, uh, with the automation that's coming in extraction in general, I can see taking these data points and, you know, if you got the right guy programming it to do the right thing with some automated machinery, this opens up all kinds of possibilities. It's, you know, first you got to be able to take accurate data points and then you can do countless things with them. And it sounds like you figured that part out. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got an automation uh, piece of it uh, where, where data can be sent to an external system. And we're working uh, currently with uh, three different vendors uh, to flush that out. In fact, one vendor already offers it as a, as part of their system. So. That's fantastic. Yeah. Any uh, any plans in the future to uh, possibly offer this as OEM built into somebody's machine, as opposed to this like clamp on uh, addition? hundred percent. That's that. That's where it's going. And that's it, it's going to be um, a sensor that is a, a, a key input. The fraction finder is unique in that it actually gives you the molecules that are flowing. So it's not something that's inferred by a temperature and a pressure, it's actually the real deal. So we, we feel that if you take all of these metrics that you have in line on a particular system, you know, temperature, pressure, flow rate, and molecular flow, like what's actually happening there, I think that that's gonna really up the game as far as being able to, to craft some really solid SOPs and, and, and give you the most control possible over what you really want, you know? Yeah, that is really cool. I'm excited to see where all of this goes in the next five years or so with all the new advances in technology, uh, yours being one of them. Yeah. And, and, you know, our, our mission here for, for, you know, what, why we created Aerometrics is, is we believe in this oil. We, we think it's a really important piece of our, you know, happiness and, and, um, 
I feel very strongly that the oil is going to be really important to our future. And the more that we can make this oil safe and the more that we can encourage people to create products and give them the tools they need to create products that that have these indications that you know exactly what you're getting, that's how it's going to really help the most amount of people. So, you know, we start here with the uh, with the fraction finder and the extraction finder, but really where we're going here is we want to be able to help have uh, be a part of that data chain. You know, so right now there's great lab testing that happens in the flower. There's great lab testing that happens at, at the end product. But what about in the middle? Like, how do you corroborate the fact that you started with this flower and then you have um, this uh, this material at the end? And we believe that the fraction finder can help with that. Like, what if you could actually corroborate um, the 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 lab testing on both ends of the spectrum with this in-process fraction finder data to give you sort of the whole story? You know, that's that's where we feel our, our future is going to be really valuable. That's great. Uh, what's in the pipeline as far as uh, anything we can look forward to anytime soon? The easy button. All right. Making it super easy. So so we've, um, you know, if we, we look at how we've come across uh, so far and what we've attacked. So short path, uh, we're pretty useful for that. White film, very useful for that. Chromatography, really useful for that. Ethanol extraction, great. C1D1, that's a recent thing. We're really excited about that. So the next thing you're going to see is software packaging. So we've got this underlying technology that works really well. You know, it's scientific, it's peer-reviewed, all that good stuff. The science is real solid. And now what we need to do is make it super easy for not just, you know, really brilliant craftspeople and scientists, but but for everybody. So that's what you're going to be seeing from us. And the good news is that in the platform that we've created, anybody, pretty much anybody who's ever purchased any products from us are going to see these updates and 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 they're going to have access to them. And then after that um, is sort of points to the future that I talked about earlier, where uh, being a, a critical part of that whole CGMP batch tracking. We feel that we've got a unique ability to really add value to that whole that whole data chain, you know? All right. Yeah, I'm looking forward to see that as well. So I started the Modern Extractor about a year ago now to help extractors improve their processes and improve the final products that are going out there to the public. If you could give one tip to the extractors that are out there in the audience to improve the quality of their stuff, what would it be? Well, I think based on my experiences, figure out what's most important to you about your process, about your output, something. What the most important thing is and figure out a way to measure it. Because if you can measure it, you can improve it, control it, know if you're doing better. Yeah, I think I think that would be my answer. Uh, that's good advice. The more data points, more efficiency. Yep. Uh, what are you most excited about regarding the future of the extraction industry in the next few years? I think safety. Mm-hmm. I think safety, not only for the people that are actually doing the extraction, but safety um, for the people that actually consume the products. And I think a lot of that really starts in extraction. You know, when it, one thing um, when we were doing the uh, extraction finder research early on, uh, we were playing and uh, someone was uh, showing us some propane that arguably you shouldn't use. And we're like, oh, what's the matter with this? And, and don't you know that propane that isn't all, you know, equal, you know, the oh, yeah. propane in the green bottles actually have that, that, uh, lubricity stuff and the fraction finder can actually sense that. I'm like, I don't think that's good solving because we see stuff fluorescing. That's like the oddity detector we're talking about, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think, I think, um, well, in 2019, uh, the whole um, vape 
crisis thing, uh, you know, was certainly terrible for for people, but terrible for the industry and terrible for the confidence and safety. I think we all uh, it's important. And, and Murphy is really good uh, with this. Murphy Murray, she 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 really uh, talks about this a lot. And I really respect her for it yep. is the importance that we all place on making sure that, you know, not only we're safe, but the products are safe and taking steps to ensure that is is uh, is going to be the best thing for the industry as a whole. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more there. The the more mainstream this gets, the more safety is becoming a bigger and bigger hot button issue as it should have been from the beginning, but there's no way that we're going to get the mass adoption that will really help the people if they're not confident in the stuff that they're buying. Yeah. So yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. So Tim, if people want to reach out and get a hold of you, what's the best way to reach out? Well, DM us uh, uh, at Aerometrics on uh, on Instagram. Uh, sales at aerometrics.com works. Uh, there's a phone number on the website and there's a little contact us form. Um, anything. And, and, you know, the, the thing that we really love doing Jason is, uh, is, is research. You know, there, there's this, this technology that we have, you haven't seen the tip of it. Like there's going to be, um, a lot of these brilliant people in the field and we, and we're working with a ton of them right now where they say, Hey, I'm trying to do this. What do you think? Can your technology help with that? You know, sometimes the answer is no. Sometimes the answer is let's try it. <laughs> so that, and that's, Absolutely. and that's, I think that's, that's, that's good for the industry. Um, it's certainly, uh, uh, it's good for the community. I think it's good for us and, uh, and hopefully we can help some people out too. So definitely, definitely reach out with, uh, all your, uh, fun questions. All right. Sounds good. Well, Tim Collins, co-founder and CEO of Aerometrics. Thanks for joining us on the Modern Extractor. Thanks, Jason. It's been a pleasure. All right. Thanks again to Tim for joining us today. Track him down on Instagram at Aerometrics. That's at A-R-O-M-E-T-R-I-X or on their website, aerometrics.com. You can also drop the sales team an email, sales at aerometrics.com. As always, if you want to hear about something specific on this show, let me know. Email me, jason at modernextractor.com. Make sure to follow the show on Instagram at the underscore modern underscore extractor. If you guys are digging what I'm doing here, show me some love. Please leave me a review on Apple or Google Podcasts. The more subscribers and better reviews we get, the better guests I can keep looking for you here in the future. Stay tuned for next week when I sit down to talk rosin with Levi Landsrith of Low Temp Plates. We'll get into all Levi's SOPs for pressing that top-notch rosin. It was actually such a great interview that we just kept on talking for nearly two hours and covered his hash-making techniques as well. I think I'm going to end up having to turn it into two episodes. But anyway, it's another great interview inbound next week, so make sure to tune in. A big thanks to Isada Venegas for handling business on the show's social media, and a shout-out to the New Fools for bringing the funk to the Mod X theme song. Thanks again to everybody for tuning into the Modern Extractor. New episodes are out every Tuesday. I'm Jason Showered. Let's talk soon.